0: Friends, you're welcome to a new episode on these English lessons. And this podcast is coming to you from our studios in Shanghai. This is your regular host, Teacher D. And today is February twenty fifth, two thousand and twenty one. And today's episode is going to be episode number 153. So if you're new to this uh, platform, you know that we've already had 153 episodes. So you may want to go back and search for previous episodes. And um, that's a good way to catch up on what we're doing. A new episode after 15 days. So uh, this time around, we are focusing on the International English Language Testing System. This is a very, very popular test, and we know that most of our students are usually very nervous uh, when it comes to taking this test. It is a test that allows you to um, to assess language proficiency and most universities in England, in America, in Canada, in Australia, most universities require students to show proof of their English language proficiency if they want to take up studies of the degree or master degree course in English. So this test is a very important test and I have been preparing students for this test for over 20 years now and i think through this podcast i can help students out there probably who don't have teachers and i just want to share some uh, tips and for those who have never taken the test i want to give you an idea on how they can prepare for this test so with that said we'll dive straight into today's content in previous episode we we focused on Part one, part one speaking, and the speaking section is divided into three parts. So we've already discussed uh, what kind of things you can prepare for part one speaking, and in today's episode, uh, I'm going to take a look at part two speaking. And part two speaking is shorter than part one speaking. So part one speaking we said uh, will probably take about five minutes. Um, Part two speaking will take about three minutes. four minutes but usually like three minutes it's shorter because it's just one question it's just one question and you're expected to answer that one question for about one minute thirty seconds some students uh, can actually speak for about two minutes which is okay but usually the examiner will allow you to speak for not more than two minutes Um, so uh, and, and then another very special thing about uh, Part Two speaking is that the examiner will give you the question on a the card. There is uh, there is the question is actually written down for you to read. Unlike in other speaking parts where the examiner will simply um, speak to you, Part Two is different in the fact that you actually get to read the question, and not only will you given the opportunity to read the question. Uh, You also have a piece of paper on which you can make notes so you have one minute to prepare before you can speak. Remember when we were talking about um, at-one speaking, I told you most students face difficulties in at-one speaking because they don't have enough time to think about uh, what answer to give. Um, If they had enough time, they would probably perform better But timing is part of the exam. So um, in, in part two, it's a little bit better because you have about one minute to actually think about what to say. And so the examiner gives you a piece of a blank sheet of paper with a pencil so that if you want to make notes, you can make notes. The question is, many of my students say I, I don't really know what to do during that one minute, which is a very important challenge that I want us to discuss. So. You get a question on a paper, and then the examiner gives you a pencil and a blank sheet of paper, and say you have one minute to look at the question and think about what to say. And you're also free to make notes, Okay, that's what the examiner tells you. But from the point of view of students, I have prepared hundreds of students for this task, and from their point of view, they say during that one minute, they they don't know exactly what to do. During that one minute, what are the things you should do? You, you can't really write down a lot. One minute is just 60 seconds, right? That's just 60 seconds, so you cannot really write down a good plan. Um, so there are basically two, two ways, and I, I teach my students to practice the two ways, and then choose the better one. One way is, during the one minute, don't write down anything. Just look at the question carefully. Try to probably uh, focus on the key points on the question. You can see some keywords. You can pay attention to whether the question is asked in the past tense or it's in the present tense or it's in the future. So you pay attention to these technical aspects of the question. You can just look at the question. Focus. Then you try to formulate your. Uh, uh, like that without really writing down that's one way and it works for some students now there is another way there are some students who say they don't have a good memory so they really prefer to write down something so if you're that kind of student you can look at the question and make notes what kind of notes can you actually make you can't write a paragraph you can't write long sentences, no, you should be writing things like keywords, key expressions, some vocabulary that you have learned recently. So uh, you can write down such words so that when it comes to speaking, you can actually glance at your notes and then use these words in speaking. That works for some students, but like I said, Uh, There is no better way that I can recommend to you and say that's the best way. You have to practice the two ways and see which one works for you. So you can have a topic, try to look at the topic for one minute and then speak, see how you perform. And then you take another topic, try to write down uh, an answer plan within one minute and then speak on that topic and then you see which way works for you. If I were a student, I would use the method of just looking at a question, thinking about it, and organizing my ideas without actually having to write down. That is my personal choice, and I'm not saying you should use that system, so try what works for you. So, basically, that's the structure of part two speaking. The examiner gives you... then the nature of the questions, questions in part 2 are usually formulated in a particular style so there there is a key question at the top and then you have bullet points very related to the key question so usually you have a key question for example describe place visited several times. See, so describe a place you have visited several times. That's the key. Um, that's the key sentence in the topic. And then under that sentence you will get some bullet points, usually three or four of them. And those bullet points would say something like, um, say where the place is located, say what makes the place um, very to you, um, say who you have visited the place with, and then the last point would be something like uh, explain why it is important for you to go there often. So, it's usually the structure looks like that, the structure of the question. There's usually a key sentence that tells you the main thing you're going to talk about, and then you have these bullet points that give you it's, it's a kind of answer plan, actually, and that explains the reason why I would say if I were a student, I wouldn't bother to write down anything. I would simply focus on the question and organize my ideas following this plan that they give you because the the, the structure of a two topic actually looks like an answer plan. They give you a key sentence and then they give you those bullet points, those bullet points you can say are like parts of your, like little parts of your answer, you know, so if you just focus on those, you can actually give a good answer. so and then for those who really want to write down something, I would say when you want to write down something, try to answer those those bullet points. You know, um, describe a place you would like to visit. Okay, and then the first bullet point would be like, what kind of place is it? You can just write the short answer that it is probably uh, a mountain. Okay, where is it found? You just say it's found just the answer to that bullet point you see so you can put this short answers to each bullet point and then based on, on those little answers that you've written down you can actually build a full answer when it comes to the time for you to speak so like I said you can choose not to write down anything or you can choose to write down My students get nervous sometimes in part 2 is because um, the topic could be about something that they have never thought about. Um, describe something, describe a gift that you once received. And then you're going to think you have received several gifts in your life. So which one are you actually going to talk about? Right? So this this is why it is good to practice many minute past topics and you can find these kind of topics online, you can find many of them on my website. Um, so that when you practice with those topics, it gives you a wide variety of um, things that topics that you probably would never have thought about. And then it will challenge your thinking and then you will, you will decide what you can say if the key you have to look at a lot of past, past questions because and then you have to pay attention to um, pay attention to the tense of the question like I said the same question can have different answers just because the tense changes I can say for example um, describe something you bought recently something you bought that means you're going to speak mostly in the past. My birthday was last month, so I bought a new laptop for myself, see, Um, I had been saving some money from my pocket money and uh, I had a computer which was beginning to break down, it was giving me a lot of trouble So I decided to buy a new laptop on my birthday. So you see you're speaking in the past. Now I can take the same question and then make you speak using the future tense. For example, I can say, describe something you're planning to buy. Describe something you're planning to buy. Because you're planning to buy, that puts your speech in the future. So you're going to say, I am planning for uh, next year I will go to college. So next year I would like to buy a new laptop for myself. So it, it's the same laptop you're talking about but you can talk about it as a future plan, you can talk about it as something that happened to you. So, so usually some students cannot get a good score in this section of the test because they are not using the right test. Uh, describe an event that usually takes place in your school. See, describe an event that usually takes place in your school. This question is in the simple present tense. Simple present tense uh, is used to, to describe something that happens regularly. So, we should be talking in that tense. Every year we have an end of year gala in our school. Every year we have an important event that took place in your school Now that's different it's a one-time event that was very important that took place you know, maybe five years ago see so always pay attention to the tense then. and you, have, you won't have a lot of problems once you understand the tense the questions usually don't have very very difficult words but we will deal with that next time. In our next episode, we will look at examples of part 2 questions, part 2 topics and we will discuss these technical things that usually make the question difficult for students. So that will be the content of our next episode coming up next week. Our 15 minutes are up.